0: Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives.
1: Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to be talking about a very timely topic, and that is plastic pollution. My guest is an expert on this topic. Dr. Alice Ma is professor of sociology at the University of Warwick with research interests in environmental justice, corporate power, and the politics of green industrial transformations. She's the author of Plastic Unlimited, How Corporations Are Fueling the Ecological Crisis and What We Can Do About It. Dr. Alice Mall, welcome to today's Global Connections program.
0: Thanks for having me on the program. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: I appreciate you being with me today. Why don't we get right into your book? Why, first off, what's the thrust of your book and why did you decide to write it now?
0: I decided to write this book uh, because I was uh, interested in or, or worried by a puzzle about the global plastics crisis. So we've all seen the rising media attention, public awareness campaigns, incredible activism uh, in relation to plastic pollution over the past few years. And you would think that with all of this rising attention, the problem would be getting better. But actually, it's getting worse, and it's predicted to get even more worse. The predictions for plastic growth, as well as Plastics waste, which is associated with uh, the the growth, are contain- are going to continue uh, to rise and rise with no real end in sight. And so, I wanted to know what's the problem here. <laughs> and uh, I, for years, I had been researching the global petrochemical industry, which is the main industry that makes plastics out of fossil fuels, uh, and. Uh, became very interested in how they responded to the plastics crisis as a kind of an existential threat to their industry and responded very quickly uh, to uh, contain that threat in a way to the industry and to ensure that it didn't do damage. And uh, this, this book is an exploration uh, of the role of corporations, particularly plastics and petrochemical corporations uh, in uh Basically, exacerbating the ecological crisis uh, through uh, avoiding responsibility uh, and placing the blame on uh, consumers and on the pro- and framing the problem in terms of waste uh, rather than in terms of production, mm-hmm. and so I looked at a series of different crises that the industry has been under uh, since, since the beginning of the plastic age, really. uh, first in relation to toxic scandals about how toxic uh, plastics that were put onto the market were uh, then in relation to plastic waste, which dates back for some time and uh, later in relation to the climate crisis and uh, more recently the pandemic.
1: Exactly. Uh, When you think of plastic, uh, it, if we look around, I guess we could look at things on our desks and even, I guess, cosmetics, perfumes, uh, eye makeup, things like that. There are so many uses for plastics today. Is there anything that maybe would be easier to say what plastics is not in <laughs> as opposed to what it is in? How pervasive are plastics in our societies around the world?
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing to think how pervasive plastics are and how not pervasive how they were barely in existence really uh less less than a hundred years ago so uh yeah they have become embedded and and in yeah everything from computers houses you know hospitals roads (laughs) um you know cars uh, like basically every material today that's modern and manufactured almost all of them will have some kind of plastic as a composite material. So you might not necessarily see it as plastic, like a plastic bottle or, or something readily identifiable, but it uh, will, yeah, it's it's in pretty much everything. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: why, why are plastics so devastating? Are there various classes of plastics? I, I think of things that we use, well, like you mentioned, water bottles, uh, CPAP machines, a variety of electronic equipment computers have a lot of plastic items in them things like that uh I'm, I'm trying to think well even these teflon skillets are mm-hmm. are the are there different gradations of the dangers of the various types of plastics
0: uh, yes and and i should emphasize that i'm not a you know a toxicologist or there's many uh you know you know, thousands of different kinds of plastic products. I mean, the major classes that are uh, problematic from a consumer perspective would be the phthalates, which are in, which makes things uh, flexible, like in car seats, in medical tubing, uh, in cur- shower curtains. And that's because uh, what's put into the plastics uh, to, to make them flexible leaches out and, and can cause uh, disruptions to uh, hormone systems. Uh, bisphenol A is also uh, carcinogenic uh, plastic found 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 in many materials. But but both phthalates and bisphenol A or BPA are banned in particular kinds of applications like children's toys, or, or in certain kinds of food uh, um, contacts. <laughs> Vinyl chloride <laughs> or PVC, which is related, uh, is is also also uh, was the source of some of the earliest toxic scandals. Uh, there, there are a number, uh, and what you mentioned, Teflon, you know, the forever chemicals, uh, the, those are the most recent in a way that have come to light in terms of public health scandals. But I think it's important to realize actually that uh, plastics are uh, toxic at every stage of the life cycle, including at their production stage. So even if you might produce at the end a, like a chemically stable, say, I don't know, ethylene, <laughs> uh, kind of polyethylene bottle, or, or something that, ha, you know, isn't toxic to to touch as such, um, the, the, pr- the production of it, the petrochemical plant will have produced a number of toxic emissions. So living close to those petrochemical facilities uh, would involve uh, toxic exposures of, of the workers and, and of the people who live close by. So it's actually you can't really isolate. You know, there's a toxic VIC and there's a not toxic VIC. It's, it's all part of a combined process. Now, you
1: mentioned the petrochemical industry and their role in this. Are there, uh, uh, who are we talking about? Certain companies in this particular area or, or uh, certain companies that are some of the giants in promoting plastic products? Or are they just, are they worldwide? There's so many of them out there that it's just difficult to identify them
0: yeah I mean in in the book, I don't you know produce lists like some of the you know activist organizations would where where it would be like the top ten corporate polluters and gradations of whether they're a good or a bad kind of a company. Uh, i I uh, do d- differentiate between you know the different types of players in terms of plastics. There's those that are more close to the fossil fuel uh, kinds of companies, the petrochemical producers. So those would be like the giants, as you mentioned, like ExxonMobil, also state-owned major enterprises like Chinese Sinopec. Uh, and then you have uh, multinational chemical companies like Dow or uh, BAS But I think one of the interesting issues is that uh, until quite recently, actually, those who were named the top polluters of plastic pollution are actually the big brands who are, uh, have their brands on the plastic waste. So Coca-Cola or or Nestle, because they produce all this, you know, end product plastic um, packaging, and then it's on the beaches. And that's a very visible, tangible uh, form of evidence of, of that plastic pollution. And, you know, there's all the, those, sort of medium (laughs) firms in the middle who convert uh, the plastics. And and so I think there are those that have bigger market share. There there are those who uh, have slightly different interests in terms of the whole game. But I think I argue that they have common uh, interests. One is obviously in the product itself, like the continued societal dependence on plastics, which... They have, you know, over many decades manufactured that need, and sometimes overtly so for uh, knowing that it's a harmful product. Sometimes not, though, and I think it's important to recognize that it's not saying that all people who work for these companies or all the companies even themselves are somehow malicious. It's part of a structure of the way corporations work, and it just, you know, it happens to be the case that they, they are harmful or wasteful or using a lot of greenhouse gases in their production. Uh, And that means that they are, although they can, you know, maybe feel better about it being essential in some ways, like helping with medicine and, and, you know, really important aspects of modern life and technology. uh, There is that other side of it that, that uh, many of the corporations have worked to ignore, to deny, uh, and to find ways of avoiding that responsibility.
1: Now, it may vary from country to country or continent to continent. I'm not sure how uh, the, the this works, but the I know in the United States, we've heard a lot over the past several years about PFAs and how they're in our water supply that uh, so many of the water companies are uh, still not cleaning the water sufficiently enough what first off what are pfas and how pervasive are they in, not only in north america but maybe worldwide
0: uh well those are parent parent per- per- polyfluorinated <laughs> alkyl substances I, th- I can't i can't pronounce it all um, but, but i know yeah, it's, it's about it's, about it's 14, a wider
1: <laughs> 14 syllables long understood
0: yeah um, and yeah, I think the reason why that has dominated news more recently is because it, it's actually quite astonishing that that has actually only come to light in terms of public attention and um, a huge legal case very recently in the last few years. Uh, and, and they had, yeah, cover, covered up the fact that the, these um, uh, were, they knew about the harms uh, that, they, that they caused uh, in terms of toxicity to ecosystems and to people and uh, yeah it's I mean I, I guess the, the, the most well-known uh, brand is is uh, the the Teflon nonstick uh, cooking cookware it's also in firefighting foam uh, and I think a lot of the scandals had to do with uh, leakage into into Um, from from factories as well not just in north america but also in in europe as the i guess the major legal cases Mm -hmm. uh i mean i don't i don't know much beyond that in in terms of like how i mean there's been regulations that have come through uh in terms of calling them a persistent uh, pollutant that causes Mm -hmm. uh damage over many persists in the environment and causes uh problematic, you know, health issues and should be regulated against.
1: Right. Now, it seems like there's a pattern. And of course, I guess if anyone has an economic interest, be it the cigarette manufacturers, be it fossil fuel producers, be it plastic producers, we, we saw back uh, decades ago about uh, cigarettes and how the cigarette producers actually knew that smoking was harmful to your health. They knew what nicotine did. They, they, did, they knew how carcinogenic uh, cigarettes and, and other types of smoking apparatuses were. We saw the fossil fuel industry. So many of those companies, they had studies going back to the 70s showing that there was a direct link between producing or burning fossil fuels and warming the climate and creating a climate change to a large degree. And so now we have the plastic industries, what, what, is, what can be done or maybe what is being done, what should be done and what can be done to try to get them to control these very uh, toxic substances and to maybe come up with alternatives or to at least uh, reduce the risk of being infected or being uh, developing some type of disease.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I should point out that the the plastics industry has the same notorious record as as the tobacco industry and the fossil fuel industry. And obviously it's part of the fossil fuel industry in some ways. And the vinyl chloride scandals dating from the 1960s were precisely the same dynamic where they knew uh, and did research to find out uh, that vinyl chloride was causing cancer and a rare degenerative bone disease among their workers. And they conspired to hide that from uh, regulators and from the public. And it, it was only revealed, um, the cover up was only revealed many years later. Uh, and uh, you know, they, there are similar allegations coming out now about how they uh, created recycling programs. Uh, in order to uh, continue to be able to have the license to produce plastics without having the guilt, so sort of encouraging the disposable culture. So what can you do? I mean, I think what my research shows, and and it was kind of an experience where I wanted them to be better in a way way I wanted to have faith in, in, uh, I I guess, for not to be such a picture. Uh, but every every document I looked at, every interview, uh, uh, the further I looked, the more you can see that that pattern. And I, I think right now, uh, I mean, there, it is promising that there is more and more pressure uh, for them to to change. But there is no binding legal uh, mechanisms to hold them responsible for those issues, and in relation to toxicity in particular. Uh, They use the classic kind of uh, move in terms of denying epidemiological evidence, saying, yeah, like with the tobacco industry, we don't know. It's very uncertain. You can't tell. uh, But the problem with that is that the levels of demonstrable scientific evidence are so high that people are going to be really, you know, ill, ill. and, or dying uh, before it as actually kind of <laughs> demonstrable. And there's ways of, you know, being quite slippery about that. So I think it's interesting that they're actually quite proactive on right now on climate and plastics waste through framing it, through thinking about the solutions, but toxicity they never talk about unless they're under like a legal case because otherwise it opens that door to liability.
1: Right. And of course, it's probably up to the individual countries, their parliaments, their legislatures, their leadership, executive leadership, and how strong their environmental agencies are as to what they're going to do. And of course, the UN has a role to play in this, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Well, you're watching Global Connections television which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, and you like our shows, you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today we're taking a look at one of those international issues and that's plastic pollution and that probably affects everybody on the planet even folks, indigenous people who live at the headwaters of the Amazon River, uh, which is a guess on my part. But my guest today is an expert on this topic. Dr. Alice Ma is a professor of sociology at the University of Warwick. She recently authored a book titled Plastic Unlimited, How Corporations Are Fueling the Ecological Crisis and What We Can Do About It. Dr. Ma, we're talking about plastics, you mentioned a minute ago recycling. What uh, are the recycling efforts work? I know a lot of people recycle. I recycle. Uh, there, there's a movement, uh, certainly, uh, I guess, worldwide for us to recycle our glass, our plastics, our papers, those types of things. But does recycling plastic actually work?
0: Well, uh, you may be aware of the statistic, the very well, kind of almost meme-like statistic that came out a, a couple of years ago, that only 9% of, of plastic that's ever been produced has been uh, recycled. Uh, so there are very low rates of, of recycling. Uh, so that's one problem. <laughs> I mean, we can hope to improve. So there are questions about how we how we improve that. Uh Recycling uh, also uses energy, which many people don't realize. So, so it's not a perfectly uh, closed system where you can just convert something back magically into something uh, new. And it tends to degrade also uh, a material. So it's not converting it back into exactly the same form as before. The other problem is that <laughs> that it encourages a disposable culture. So. Uh, the example I, I like to or just still can't get my head around is 500 billion plastic bottles produced every year mm. now, steadily on the rise since basically none in the 1970s. And if you think of that as a sort of recycl- 9% of those recycled and then those are still recycled or are still being produced and produced and rising and rising, then you just think... About those volumes, and so that kind of disposable, uh, yeah, culture that, or that that kind of assumption that if you just put it in the bin, then then it will mm-hmm. be okay is is part of the problem. I mean, the other one is is about contaminated plus, uh, recycling, which the U.S. has probably uh, experienced quite a lot when China banned uh, the. Uh, plastic waste, we, uh, we, the import of plastic waste into this country uh, in back in 2018. It basically put a huge spanner into the global recycling networks who were exporting, like legally trading, <laughs> but they're very, very low value uh, and kind of mixed and 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 so on, and uh, plastic uh, recyclables to China. And then after a certain point with many kind of warning signs saying this is really not nice stuff and it's we're having to incinerate it it's it's you know all kinds of toxic issues in china then they just finally sort of said no we're not going to take that anymore and now it's you know been going to other countries and that that trade is very unjust uh, because many countries accept the shipments then can't manage them uh, through their infrastructures and so there is a, a big problem that recycling systems themselves have become dependent in kind of many, I guess you could say, rich con- countries on exporting it and assuming that it was fine and that other countries would want it because it's cheap. But but now that, you know, that that is changing and there's just too much of it. And so countries are not able to cope uh, with their own waste and their own recycled materials. And those recycling systems are, in many cases, not particularly uh, efficient.
1: Exactly. And of course, many of us, I'm sure we've seen pictures of these garbage scows, uh, really barges just loaded uh, 10, 15, 20 meters high with all these plastic refuse from computers and a variety of other things, trying to find a home in some poor country, really, you come right down to it. Looking to go into an economically developing country to unload this stuff. But before we run out of time, I wanted to mention that it's been a couple of months ago, the United Nations Environment Program had a major conference in Nairobi, Kenya. And at this conference, they developed, I think it's one of the first international agreements to try to get a handle on some of this plastic pollution. How does this agreement tie into this? Now, of course, this all depends upon the the goodwill of the individual countries because they're the ones who have to make it work. But how important is this agreement that we at least have some kind of an umbrella to bring folks together to focus on these problems? And we think about just the hundreds of tons of plastics floating the gyres, floating out in the oceans where the currents come together and you got these floating islands of plastic. But there are all types of examples of how well, you need to get a handle on. It. But how important is this international conference or agreement? I
0: should say? it's extremely important. I mean, it's been called and was called in the work up to it uh, the Paris Agreement for plastics. And so there was no global treaty on of that level for plastic. There were sort of different types of you know uh, treaties on on oceans and and pollution and and so on, but they weren't joined up. And people or countries as well as many businesses are actually crying out for a kind of a a uniform set of legislation regulation because it's so disjointed and nothing's working. Uh, so there's a lot of really promising uh, ideas and and policies to be worked out. but it's it's kind of like the the very beginning right of of, of those uh, 26 <laughs> climate uh, change conferences where they haven't even reached a like an agreement yet. They've just decided that they're going to do so over the next couple of years. And so there are a lot of battlegrounds, I guess, to fight over, and one of them is over (laughs) uh, the production issue. So um, many of the the states, as well as the sort of lobbying interests, would want to keep the focus entirely focused on on waste, on the the issue of leakage uh, and treating that at end source and not touching growth.
1: Exactly. That's one of the few fora in the world where all the countries of the world can come together under the United Nations to focus on this problem. As you mentioned, there are no easy answers. There's not an easy solution and we need to work together on this. But but Dr. Alice Ma, I want to thank you so very much, first of all, for writing your very interesting book on Plastic Unlimited, how corporations are fueling the ecological crisis and what we can do about it. And secondly, I want to thank you for a very interesting and a very informative program.
0: Thank you very much, Bill. Thanks for having me. you.
1: I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.